what it is. Mmm, something's in there, all right. Maybe it's presents for all of us. Well, could be anything. It smells like a bear. <gasps> Who cares what it is? Let's monoxide it. Well, why are people always trying to kill me? We have to get out of here. <laughs> It was people. People soiled our green. And now they're out there somewhere, naked as the day God made them. Oh! Boy, I tell you, <laughs> they only come out at night. Or in this case, uh, the daytime. You've got to catch them. Think of the children. Won't somebody please think of the children? All right, all right. Here you go, boy. Get the scent. That's a shame. He had one day left to retirement. Marge, can we trade? I don't trust these guys. We've got to get home before someone sees us. You know. All this danger is kind of a turn. Okay. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review Natural Born Kisses, the finale of Season 9. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How are you today? Yeah, not too bad. Just recovering from the uh, the extravaganza that was the Four Figure Discount live trivia last Saturday. Yeah, I'm still pretty exhausted after we stupidly decided to pull an all-nighter and not sleep. Wait, uh, when's, when's the last time you pulled an all-nighter? It took me back to my teenage years. Like, you were in the casino well, playing... What it be poker? Birds and I are sitting in the middle of the street in Sydney, just watching all the riffraff walk past and judging them at like three a.m. It was like go back to my teenage years. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, aside from Europe, I pulled an all nighter, but that was more dictated by travel. Um, I'd have to go back to Tiger Woods Rocco Medier, the uh, eighteen hole playoff at the U.S. Open was the last time that I had deliberately set out to say no, I'm staying up all night, and that's because I felt so terrible. Because I fronted up for work the next day, and I th- I swore off all nighters. I was like, I'm never doing this again. This is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever I've ever done. You um, think you think you can do it though, and then it gets to like 11 a.m. the next day, and you went, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Did you sleep on the Sunday? I slept between three and four in the afternoon, okay. and then yeah, and then just went to bed at about eight thirty nine o'clock. Yeah. Three and four was when it hit me hard. But yes. Instead of sleep, I just went to the supermarket. Okay, yeah, I I, um, I yeah. lay down on the couch, and that was it. I had a five thirty dinner, so I was concerned that if I fell asleep, I would miss my uh, my cousin's birthday. Ah, okay, yeah, um, fair enough. So yeah, I was like, hey, if I go to the supermarket, if I'm on my feet, that'll force me to be awake. Well, thank you to everybody who came to the trivia night. It was absolutely jam packed, packed to the rafters. Seriously, wasn't it? I know it's cliche, but there was so- we could not fit a single soul extra in there, could we? <laughs> uh, well, not according to the owner. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was uh it was pretty um it was pretty great. Um Bose was fantastic as always. Just as for those who haven't been to a four finger discount live uh, Simpsons trivia, we have Bose who plays the Simpsons cover songs and it was mm. seriously the highlight of the night. Like he's so great, but now he's what he's added to his repertoire, everybody, is that he now plays the Simpsons theme song guitar to kick off the evening. And yeah, it was just cool. like when he started playing it, everyone just sort of stopped and went, What is happening? This How is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Faces? Like <laughs> I mean I I can't take the credit because I didn't do this, but I'll take some credit for having the idea to, of the cold open. But it was amazing because it was exactly how I'd envisioned it. That at first they were like, hang on, what's going on? And then slowly like jaws were just opening all over the place. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, how cool is this? When he got to the... Everyone was just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. So if you, uh, we're going to be doing some more shows coming up soon. Don't forget, we've got the already confirmed October thirty first uh, in Melbourne. It's Treehouse of Horror. It's not going to be all Treehouse of Horror theme, but because it's on Halloween, we're going to throw in like maybe fifty fifty Treehouse of Horror theme questions with normal questions. And both is going to be there as well. That's in Richmond. You can find the link to that in the uh, on our Facebook page and at Sticky Tickets. Just search for Figure Discount Live. And there's going to be some more coming up in Sydney and potentially other cities around the world. So stay tuned for the announcement for that. But Mitch, Natural Born Kisses. What an episode. It's a great season end. Like, it, it's, uh, if you wanted to try to end a season by ramping up things and doing, like, not a cliffhanger. Uh, cliffhangers are obviously big season enders for a lot of network TV shows. But if you're not doing a cliffhanger, you, you want to go out on a statement episode. So, Game of Thrones, for example, their season finale would typically be the one where they spent the most money throughout the seasons. And a lot of shows will do that sort of thing. Um, obviously the Simpsons isn't necessarily a budget thing, but they're like, let's go out in a way that's going to have people talking. I remember this one being the first time it was ever advertised as, you know, adults only Simpsons and right. I think we've mentioned before how I think it aired at 9.30 on like a Monday as opposed to the normal 7.30 on a Sunday. That was just I like, think so. kids weren't it, it allowed carried, to watch this, you know? It carried an M rating. Um, mm, definitely, so yeah. it, and now M in a, I don't know, a lot of our listeners are Australian, so they'd know this, but M here is 15 plus if you're under 15 you need a guardian basically giving you permission yeah ma 15 plus is you have to be 15 just m is a guardian's permission yeah yeah but i remember what what do you remember when it was first advertised what were you expecting i didn't know what to expect i was like do i do i pretend like i'm not watching this is my mum allowed to know that i'm watching this like what's gonna happen (laughs) um no i don't remember being overly embarrassed about it by any stretch I think it wasn't. I wouldn't say embarrassed. I was more intrigued and excited. I was like, "Ooh, what's, what's going to happen?" <laughs> I think I don't necessarily remember how I felt in the lead up, but I do remember afterwards. I was like, "Oh, well, that wasn't you know that much worse than anything else." It didn't it just. Yeah, I remember being a bit disappointed because I built it so much up in my head. Yeah, I think it was more that no one joke was any worse than anything that they've ever done. It's just the sum total of the jokes. Like there was a lot more blue material. I, but I think it was also the fact that it was just had Marge and Homer running around nude. This was the first episode to have Marge's ass on screen. Yeah, but you see Homer's butt plenty of times. So well, th- it's only this- butt. It's not like you've seen any. You don't see any extra anatomy that you haven't seen already. Is is it different though with Marge being a female? No, I don't. I you honestly don't think. I don't think the running around nude has got anything to do with it. I think the cuddled up together nude in the windmill has probably got a bit to do with it. Like, and um, going at each other under the covers in the opening scenes, like there's more 
actually, I don't think the nudity in the street is the problem. There's nothing really, there's really nothing adult about that at all. It's the allusions to sex that are way more prominent in this episode. Do you know this was the first episode, according to Mike Scully, where the Fox censors actually just did not want him to do it at all? Just mm. not, not, not just cut bits out, just don't do it. They, just, they thought it was too raunchy. <laughs> yeah, it was a different time back in the 90s. Yeah, still. I don't know. I, I, I guess on premise, if you're just reading it on paper, it, it may have seemed worse than what it actually turned out being. Well, yeah, I think they did. Um, it, I read that same thing, and the censors were more worried about how it was going to be handled than anything. Yeah. Which. Which is fair. Like, you, you read that and you think, oh, this could be really, really gratuitous. And pleasingly, it doesn't come off that way at all. I, I just think that this episode, the reason it's so great is I forgot. Maybe it's because I'm now married and whatnot. And I'm sort of not going through what Marge and Homer are going through, but I'm probably going to at some point. I can sort of relate to someone in, to that extent, having a child now. But I just think it's so, to me, their, their marriage felt so real in this episode. Oh, 100%. And Ash and I were watching it, uh, particularly the bit with the dog coming in. Yes. Um, she looked at me, she's like, well, I've never related as hard to The Simpsons before. It's so good, isn't it? It's like, I, yeah. I never realized how perfect that moment was. <laughs> just trying to, yeah. to, to to pretend like the, the elephant in the room is not there and just sort of use the, the dog as a diversion. <laughs> yeah. And I think a cool thing about that is it's kind of important for couples to see that depicted. And know that, you know, if you're in a relationship where, oh, but, you know, just to know that that can be normal, that... Um, That's very true, yeah. Yeah, having having sex every night is probably not the norm for the great majority of people. No, no. You'd have to think that 99% of marriages go through what Marge and Homer go through here. Oh, definitely. Like, it, at, some, at some point in a marriage, at the very least, like, everyone is going to hit this stage. And it's not even the fact that Marge and Homer like falling out of love with each other or find each other unattractive. It's just that sometimes you just need that little spark to get things going. Yeah. And, it, uh, well, it's also just, you know, you you get older. It's the Things the don't work dr- the way they used to? The drive. Yeah. It's like, the, what's the, ow, 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 ow. Oh, I was just doing that. Yeah, but I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> what about your elbows in my, oh, sorry. <laughs> she doesn't say my. She just says, you got your elbow in. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you find it weird though that they were so open with the kids about their sex life in this one? Well, they weren't being open. They were trying to be, like, trying to use innuendo. Um, but it's just that the kids were way more ahead of the curve than they gave them credit for. Yeah, it's one of those times that where I just sort of think Bart and Lisa weren't really written like a ten and an eight year old. Like a ten year old child doesn't say, "Hey, mum, dad, did you fuck last night." <laughs> Well, neither did they. Oh, but uh, <laughs> implied, rock the Casbah, okay. Did you but, rock the Casbah? Yeah. Um, no, I reckon you'd be surprised when, when uh, I forgot your kid's name for a second, when Elliot gets older, that I think the joke there is that kids do pick up on those things a hell of a lot earlier than parents want them want to believe. Uh, I still, I, don't you remember though when you were a kid, say 10 years old, if a boob came on screen, you would be so embarrassed. Like that's you just didn't talk to your parents about that kind of thing. Yeah, but these days, ten-year-olds are like. Yeah, but this is nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. Though, yeah, yeah, but they're ahead of the curve. So yes, you yeah, can't, yeah. You can't say that they were wrong because basically, the way they act in this episode is almost like a prophecy for what ended up happening. Yeah, yeah. But overall, though, like you said, this was a great 
uh, finale to the season. It's been a very like up and down season. It's, I think it's because I've had so many different writers. Like three of the episodes, I think, were Bill Oakley and Josh, and then you had um, uh, Al Jean and what's his name, Mike Reese. Mike Reese. a couple of episodes as well. Like there was such a a mixture of different styles of Simpsons writing in this season, but. And there were a couple of ones that we sort of went, oh, they weren't great. But I think this one here was a real good cherry on the cake of season nine. It really left a really good taste in my mouth. Like a lot of people sort of say season nine isn't that great, but this episode is proof that it was still at the height of its powers, in my opinion. I that don't could, know about height, but it's a good. It's a good season. It, it, yeah, it's, it's still a solid season. Like it's, this episode here is as good as any, really. Like this episode, I think, was just it was laughs from start it, to finish. It's. Like, it's very, very good. It's very, very enjoyable. But it's, like, th- the peak was a... Uh, it's not Marge versus Monorail, but, you know. I was going to say, for, like, for me, it's still season three, four that's the absolute peak. So, I can't go along with saying that it's at the peak of its powers. But yeah, it's still very, very strong. Yeah. And I, I, I've been pretty consistent in saying that, that there haven't really been many bad episodes at all this season. No, no. I think I was just really pleasantly surprised because I didn't remember this one being as great as what it was there's some uh, really amazing jokes throughout this that, yeah um grandpa had some, some fantastic lines that, I, that i've completely forgot about yeah um some jokes that i uh either didn't pick up on the first time or like you know previous times that i've mm-hmm. watched this yep some of those jokes were like i'd heard them a number of times but it a uh, classic example of that was the ned flanders it was people People soiled our green. Yeah. And as obvious as that was, I'd never connected that to Soylent Green before. Um, yeah, neither had I. No. And like, and that might sound really, really stupid because it's staring you in the face. But um, I think I'd always just been distracted by the line reading from Ned more than anything. Um, I really liked the way he was like, it was people. Um, <laughs> and that made me not think about Charlton Heston. It was people. Um but yeah, so that that was a really really fun thing. Um, one of the lines that uh, struck me is, I'd never considered it to be a rude line before, but you're in for a serious ass forking. Yes. Yep. Um, and maybe it's because I've been watching The Good Place, and f- for those who haven't seen it, when you're in The Good Place, you can't swear, so fuck becomes fork. Oh, okay. Um, and so yeah, that got me thinking like, oh dear, that's um, <laughs> that's a bit blue. I, I the line that completely was lost on me when I was a kid, like I, I don't even remember ever hearing it, was when they say to um Grandpa, and uh, have they pulled the plug on anyone today? No, nah, we're all up th- with our bills or whatever it is. <laughs> we're all paid up. <laughs> we're all paid up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember ever hearing that line before. Uh, oh. I, well, yeah, no, I definitely remembered hearing it, but that was another one that um made me laugh probably for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Now, this was also um, the first episode written by Matt Salmon, um, mm-hmm. a director and writer and whatnot on the show. Still working on the show. It's confirmed now, Mitch. In the next fortnight, we're going to be chatting to the man himself. Oh, is it really? Yes, it is locked in. Matt Salmon. Okay. Um, well, thank you for, for letting me know that now so I can plan my schedules. <laughs> <laughs> I you, found you're locking, You've locked in something before you know if I'm available for it, which is always no, good. No, as, as I said... Because I found out this afternoon about six o'clock, just before, when I go home from work, I had some dinner, and um, I said I have to talk to Mitch. And I'll let you know when we can do it in the next two weeks. So I haven't lost okay. the time, but it's in the next two weeks if we can. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, that, so finally it's actually going to be happening, which is pretty cool. Before we get into our favorite moments and some trivia and new names and whatnot, we need to give a shout out to our beloved $20 plus patrons. Not $20 plus, just $20 patrons, Dylan Haggett, Laura The Simpson, and Jordan Ritchie. Now, Dylan actually sent me a message and he requested that rather than just give him a shout out, it's not about him. He just wants to use his shout out to have us remind everybody that September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So good on you, Dylan, for spreading the word. Yeah. Using his money for good. He is using his money for good, and you guys can do the same by donating some of yours to your favorite childhood cancer-related charity. Yes, yep, yeah, yeah, 100%. All to a good cause. Now, Mitch, what is your favorite moment well, from this episode? What's up? Before we do that, I've also got an announcement to make. What's that? Um, well, this, uh, this has fallen across my desk. It's uh, come through from Timothy Wilson. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a live read on Four Finger Discount. But, would you like to hear one right now? Why not? Hit me. Excellent. Gilbert and Sullivan Opera Victoria is presenting a double bill of the HMS Pinafore and Cox and Box at the Darabin Arts and Entertainment Centre in Preston, Melbourne. Featuring the songs We Sail the Ocean Blue, Little Buttercup, and known by all Simpsons fans, He Is an Englishman, made famous by Sideshow Bob's unforgettable one-man performance in Cape Fear. This timeless classic is running from October 4th to 6th with two night performances and two matinees. Head to gsov.org.au to purchase tickets. Tickets are available from $39 and uh, there's two double passes that we've got. So if you do go along, there is every chance you'll be hanging out with Mitch and Dando. Because we'll be the ones winning? <laughs> no, I mean, like, he's he's given it to us. I'm going. <laughs> oh, they, oh, they are for us. I thought you meant for us to give away to the listeners. Uh, no, well, it depends. Do you want a night of theatre? I would love a night of theatre. Okay. Would, uh, so, it's it, we'll, we'll work out with the wives whether or not two fans will come with us or whether or not uh, um, we'll go with our wives and two fans can just try to spot us. That sounds like a hell of a thing. Where can you get tickets again? What's that website once more? GSOV. So, gsov, gsov.org.au. Awesome. $39 to get yourself a ticket for that. Sounds absolutely fantastic. I'm just visualizing Timothy outside your window now, right now, and he's just folded that little read into a paper plane, just thrown it through, like you had no idea it was coming. Yeah, the only thing that fails about that is it's still semi-winter in Victoria, so there's no way I've got an open window. Alrighty, so favorite moment from uh, Natural Born Kisses. Hit me. Uh, I really enjoyed the divorce ad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, your marriage stuck in a rut and you think it's going to be like a self-help thing. Have you considered a divorce? Like, a just divorce? The, <laughs> the little Spanish flea. <laughs> Took me back to Homer singing in the auto show. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's good music, little Spanish flea. Oh, it's fantastic, um, yeah. One of my one of the other things that I really loved, and Matt Groening rates this as one of his favorite jokes, but it's the cow looking through the window. Not so much for the joke because, um, you know, I kind of knew it was coming. But for the fact that Ash didn't, and we were watching this episode over dinner, she sees the eye and she's like, oh, creep, and then sees that it's a cow. And just her laugh was very, very funny. It made me enjoy the joke more. Um, And finally, the shifty eyes on Polly in the pirate fantasy. With the cracker, yeah. Yeah. Which Polly will keep for safekeeping. I just love how the guy suggested, maybe we could use it to buy things. Yeah. (laughs) One of my favorite moments was how excited Grandpa was during the countdown to the alternate ending. Here it comes uh, two. Yep. 
<laughs> and Homer at the uh, with the freezer. Gotcha! Oh, damn it. <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be... What have we got for the patrons this week? Uh, there were a few... There, I, I think this week we had less suggestions, but more quality. Okay. Um, like, there's almost... Almost all of these deserve to be read out. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave uh, Dave Chappelle, what do you know? David Chappell, frankly, Mitch, I don't give a damn. Brandon Twitchell, looking for love in all the wrong windmills. Mm-hmm. Can uh, I just say, by the way, can I just say, by the way, how that's a throwback to uh, I Married Marge, the episode. Yeah, yeah. Except in that episode, it was a castle. That's a castle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ashley Gilbert, Mr. and Mrs. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kristen Nell, look who's ass forking. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Joseph O'Hara with the naked fun. Not bad. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Uh, Dave Abbott Smith posted a few before, but I can't see them. Oh no, poor Dave! Congra- uh, congratulations to Dave and our patients, by the way, who won the trivia. Oh yeah. Oh well, who blitzed the trivia? Um, here we go. So there's a couple others. Uh, I was. Oh, some of them ended up in the mailbag. That's why I've been confused. Ah. Um. So. I don't know to the... His first one is to the tune of the hymn, Blessed Be Your Name. Unfortunately, I can't do that one. Um, But to the tune of All the Young Dudes. um, I I can't possibly hit this note, but... Simpsons are nude. Her hair is blue. Many golfing dudes. Exhibitionalism's lewd. Now... Everybody out there listening, we promise Mitch doesn't sing at the trivia nights, but he just hosts the thing. No, I did sing. I sang Purple Drapes at the last. You did too, night, yeah. So. And, and people out there knew it was good. Yeah, don't don't lie to the patron. Uh, don't lie to people about what's going to happen at the trivia. Is that, is that all we got for the for the patrons this week? They're all pretty good. Uh, that'll do. Okay, cool. Yes, all suggestions were fantastic. What have week. you put together? Um, nothing as good as that. To be perfectly honest, I just went with the nudes room. That, oh, don't mind that. It's actually pretty good. Oh, thank you. Is it the same as the like when they had sex in the sewing room? So like the next thing, the newsroom. Oh, I love that moment. By the way, I forgot to mention it. Uh, oh, it's a donkey. <laughs> oh yeah, that is so fantastic. <laughs> like the whole donkey's head is there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, it's a donkey. <laughs> like that's their life. <laughs> But also, who's ever put a jigsaw together without knowing what the image is? That is the box. That is true, yeah. Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, there puzzles out there? Uh, but how can you put it together if you don't know what it's supposed to be in the first place? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, uh, it'd be a super challenge. You could do it. It'd just be a case of it either looks right or it doesn't. Yeah, but, yeah, but God, God, that's a, a moment that just is so great. Next question. You there, eating the paste. I'll kick things off this week with Trivia Mitch. I've Please got... Do. What room? I may have already spoiled it just moments ago. <laughs> what oh. room did they have sex in before the uh, the puzzle room? Uh, it was the sewing room, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the name of the shop that they were taking the freezer motor out to? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it was Esther's Motor Shop. Esther's Motor Shop. Yeah, that's right. What does the sign say on the hot air balloon that Margin Homer steal? Oh. No, missed it. I was too busy looking for butt. Yeah, our prices are sky high. <laughs> uh, what color tie was Lenny wearing? Color tie. I'm going to say purple. Uh, blue. Blue. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought he wore a purple tie. And what is the subheading of the of the uh, newspaper 
at the end of the episode. The subheading... Um, to when Marjorie Hammer on the front, yeah. Police dog clings to life. Yeah. Is that your final question? No, it wasn't. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love it when they throw back to something that's happened in the episode, though. Yeah, this is pretty funny. Um, my final question is, what was on the license plate that Bart picked up with the metal detector? Oh, fuck. I remember reading it. I'm not going to remember, though. What was it? Uh, 247BBF. And it, that doesn't mean anything, does it? I couldn't find any significance I, to I, it. I think that's why, because I remember I was going to write it down thinking, and I looked it up and it didn't mean anything, and I was like, ah, it's not that important. It's yeah. Like, I, to I me, I was like, it's too, it's too random to ask a question like that. <laughs> I just looked something up then to see if it was it, and it wasn't, and then I was like, well, it should have been that, and now I'm disappointed in the writers. That yeah, yeah, What exactly, I thought would yeah. have been really cool is if they had taken... Man. <laughs> no, not ask, man. Um, but if they had taken the same license plate from Jaws, that would have been cool. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. yeah. It's a wonder they didn't use it. Like they, it's so, like it's it's on the screen. Like it's so obvious. Like they want you to read it, but it's not anything. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway. so uh, I've got a couple of other shout outs. They're five dollar plus new ones, new patrons for this week. We're gonna give a shout out to Oliver Duxbury, Jared Howard. George Wilding and George Mays. Thank you so much for joining us to be $5 plus patrons. If you want to get access to a bunch of exclusive content, which these guys are now getting access to, it's just patreon.com slash fourfinger discount. Now, Mitch, also, if you part of uh, our Patreon group on Facebook, you also get to contribute to the Patreon mailbag. So this week, I'm going to kick things off with Dylan Llewellyn. He says, if you were contractually obliged to, or obligated, sorry, to be naked in one public space every time you entered it, what place would you choose? Every time. Well, if I'm contract- just one place. Yeah. Okay. So if I'm contractually obliged, that so the legal. Let's assume it's legal nudity. Like yeah, yeah. It could be anywhere, obviously, but I can't get in trouble for being nude. Um. But no. where would you want to be nude? That's the question. Like, what? Where would it be convenient to be nude? Oh, I don't know about the. I don't know that convenience is the thing. Or oh, the gym. Just to make everybody else uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Just so I can imagine, get... imagine running on a treadmill. Oh, well, well, um, <laughs> get... Squats. Squats. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> running on a treadmill, I'm more concerned about the rug burn. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, hey. Ah, <laughs> bit of a long penis joke. Uh, no, I... Um, uh, on yourself. Nude at the gym just so you could guarantee free choice of machines. <laughs> and no one would ever like, use it again. Like You, you might as well yeah. just take it home with you because no one's like, going to touch it. Wander over like, hey man, you nearly done with that? Uh, I am now. <laughs> I'm done for good. Alrighty. Uh, next question from Talia Enriquez. If you face the same circumstances as Homer and Marge at the end, naked with your wife in front of a stadium of people with cameras, mm. how would you deal with the situation? Assume this would remain local, a local issue and not become some larger news piece. So how um, would you how, how would you feel knowing that everyone in town I've got to say I seen don't, you guys nude. I don't think the scale of how big the news piece is matters. Because no, if no, everyone no. in town knows you were nude... That's worse. I care more about that than someone in Costa Rica knowing that I was nude. Exactly. So, how, how would you feel knowing... Like, I, it, like, I don't know. Is it, Should we be protective of people seeing our wives naked? Like, is that... I don't um, know. No, well, it's up to them. Um, like, I think well, if ha- you if you picked up on the fact that they were uncomfortable, then yeah, you should be protective. But you shouldn't be protective in a defensive way, if that makes sense. It should like, be if, more if, a case of if you feel self conscious, I will stand in front of you and take the hit. 
But if, it- <laughs> if you want to run around like a hippie, then, you know, go nuts. You wouldn't mind if Ash... Just say it wasn't illegal and you didn't get fined. You mm-hmm. wouldn't mind if Ash streaked during a football game, completely nude. No, why would I? You wouldn't care? What What is there to care about? That, that, that's what I was posing. I, for some reason, I feel like... Like, I feel like I, I think I would, but then in the moment, I'd just be like, who would care? No, but I feel just... like in the in the lead-up, I'd be like, I wouldn't want people to see Nicola with no clothes on. But then I'd just be like, wait a minute, why does it matter? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just going to be funny. But so yeah, you, no I, one... I, I agree. If they're okay with it, then who cares? No one's ever been like, genuinely turned on by a streaker before so it's not like there's any sexual uh, context to uh, it. excuse me speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs> the guy that got knocked out by Andrew Simons did it for you <laughs> that's the best thing ever isn't it yeah it's the, I was at that game like really yeah and I know that's the sort of thing that people are like oh yeah I was there I was legitimately there and long term listeners of the podcast will know that I'm a MCC member and I go to a lot of cricket But so the odds were good when it happened at the MCG, that I was probably going to be around to see it. Is that the one where the guy then gets dragged off nude? Like, there's one I remember seeing of a streaker. Oh, he somehow gets knocked out. No, and that, then he just gets. You're thinking of footage of a security guard that like just smashes pole axes. Yeah. yeah, and then in one move takes him to the ground and then picks him up <laughs> and just it's drags so him off unconscious. <laughs> That's also great. Uh, and final question. From Brandon Twitchell, he says, "Oh, it's two questions in one. What is your favourite alternate ending to a movie, and or what's the neatest treasure you've ever found, with or without the aid of a metal detector?" I remember when I was a kid, mm. did you ever go to to uh, Sovereign Hill? Like finding gold when you were a kid, you thought you were a millionaire. I don't think I, I don't think I ever did. I just um okay. had a, I just had a flashback. By the way, I was not at that game of cricket, and. Oh. I can't believe this. I genuinely believed I was. And then I, as I was saying that out loud, I went, hang on a second. That game was actually at the Gabba. I was obviously just <laughs> watching it. But it left such an indelible image in my mind. I could have told you what seat I was at. <laughs> <laughs> That's really bizarre. Uh, life-changing moment. Yeah. Anyway. Has it, has it sort of ruined your day a little bit? Um. You told you've told all these people over your life. I oh, was at that game. <laughs> I've never told anyone else that I was at the game, but okay. I am now starting to wonder what else is true and what isn't. What? Yeah, are you actually married? <laughs> <laughs> are you real? Um, uh, yeah, it's good. All right. Uh, favorite alternate ending to a movie is one that I didn't even realize was an alternate ending. Um, I went to see what was it fourteen oh eight John Cusack horror movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen that? I, a long time ago, a long okay. time ago, yeah. So I saw it at the cinema, and I think that was a movie that had three different endings based on where it was, and th- saw it at the cinema, got an ending that I really adored, and then bought it on Blu-ray, and it turns out that the ending I got was the alternate ending, and the ending that uh, existed on the Blu-ray was nowhere near as good. Um, so I would have to watch it, and then stop it at the right moment and go into the bonus features just so I could find the ending that I liked. Ah, um, wow. So, like, can we spoil it? Spoilers spoilers! if you haven't seen Room 1408. Uh, just, you know, skip ahead a minute or two. But, so you know how in the movie, like, that he gets to the point where he burns the shit out of the, um, mm-hmm. out of the room. I think there's a couple different versions. In one of them, he just dies. Uh, oh, yeah, so I think on the DVD version, like, he dies... Samuel L. Jackson is at the funeral and looks in his rearview mirror as he's driving away and John Cusack is kind of like there as a ghost. Um, and like, 
just creepy looking. But it's just really not a very satisfying ending at all. In the one that I saw originally, Cusack makes it out alive. And it's like this whole thing of, you know, how crazy this whole event was and that sort of thing. Then he starts playing back the tape and you, you just the tape of himself speaking to himself. And then he, he and his girlfriend hear the voice of the ghost that was haunting the room on the recorder. So it's like that thing of, holy shit, it's, it wasn't in my head. This was all real. Oh, wow. But the, the ending where he lives, really, really good. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, I'll have to check that out. Well, I, will, I guess I would have seen that ending now because I'm pretty sure I went to the movies to see if it. If you saw it at the movies, you would have, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Well, I remember one of the more popular alternate endings that I can recall is the I Am Legend one, which I believe we've discussed on the podcast already, mm-hmm. um, where he doesn't sacrifice himself. It's actually a pretty interesting ending. I also remember reading um, once that uh, the ending to Seven, that the studio like didn't want it to be... Spoilers for Seven, by the way. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody's seen Seven. But they didn't want it to be Gwyneth Paltrow's head. They wanted it to be the family's dog head in the box instead. But Brad Pitt was like, I'm not doing the movie unless it's her head. Um, okay. That's a really bad idea. <laughs> the dog. Uh, yeah. Which yeah, like, I, I'm glad I'm, I'm, saying, I'm glad they, did, they didn't go. I just think it's cool that Brad Pitt's just like, no, I'm Brad Pitt. You're doing what I say, basically. Well, also, it doesn't work as the dog. He's not going to become wrath and shoot the dude over the dog. Like, he that might is be, true, yeah. He might be... And, and I mean, you know, I'm a dog lover, obviously, but that doesn't hold anywhere near as much water or put him to a dilemma as his wife with child. Um, uh, yeah. c- can we just say how great Brad Pitt is in that moment, by the way? Oh, he's incredibly good acting. That would be one of his greatest acting moments ever, right? I, um, yeah, he's had a really, really good career, obviously, but yes, that that moment is just perfection. Because I believe, I reckon some people say Brad Pitt's not, like, not as, I don't think they, they give him the credit that he deserves sometimes, Brad Pitt. Uh, like they he's, he, probably don't, but they should. I mean, he's incredibly charismatic, but he's also a very good actor. Yeah, and uh, he's and really funny too. Apparently really good in that new space one that's coming out that I forget the name oh, of. Oh, yes. I saw the trailer for that. Starts with A. Yeah, where he's like, something, but he's trying, trying to find his dad or something. Yeah, Ad, Ad Astra. I think that might be yeah, what it is. Yeah, it looks, yeah, it looks really, really good. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, so that is... Oh, the other question for us, what, what's the neatest thing we've found? I'd have said uh, Sovereign Hill, but you said you never did that, right? Uh, um, yeah, no, well, I did pan for gold, but I never found anything at Sovereign Hill. Um, oh, I don't know. What are the treasures that I've found? I think just Coolest like, thing you ever found. I think just I, I, like People Magazine in the bushes near Barwon Valley. I think... <laughs> how good is that? <laughs> You always find it in the most, uh, you know, obscure places that you know, yeah. you know what's gone down with those magazines. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into some natural born kisses, shall we? Please let's. So the original air date for this was seventeenth of May, nineteen ninety eight. The chalkboard gag is I was not the inspiration for Kramer. Sci-fi would have been finishing around about this time, right? May of ninety eight. Feels when, somewhere around that line. It was late nineties. Ninety-eight yeah. was when it finished. I'm pretty sure. So it would have maybe it was the same week or close to it. Um, yeah. And the couch gag was they've reused the one where the family uh, frogs. You know, I never noticed that Maggie was a tadpole. <laughs> oh yeah, that's kind of cute. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. It does. Yeah. So, Mitch, how does the episode commence? Um, that's a really good question, Dan. I was finishing cooking a steak at around about that moment. Uh, oh, <laughs> the um, Homer and Marge getting ready to go out for their anniversary. So yes. Um, 
Homer very proud about the fact that he's clipped on his tie all by himself. Um, can we just can we just say by the way, credit again to Homer in this really good husband. Uh, yeah, he is like really believable husband. Um, even the fact that he has tried to organize a good dinner and gets derailed by the kids and grandpa not showing up, but not his Yeah, fault. he really wants to take Marge out and treat her to a, a lovely, romantic nice yeah. night out. and he wants to look as good as he can for her, despite the fact that if you wear a clip-on tie, you're an inferior human being. And don't even get me started on clip-on bow ties. You're a pretender. <laughs> uh, he finds, a little bit of a throwback here, finds the program for Grimes' funeral. <laughs> Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, that's a, that's a very funny joke. But as you said, Grandpa doesn't arrive, which means that Marge and Homer now have to take the kids out to dinner with them. Even Homer here is like, no, the Gilded Truffles, you know, an elegant place. Yeah. Uh, they got, the kids know a place that's much, much better, up, up and buffet. Now, this was apparently based on a local place near the um, studio, but it was a submarine instead of a, um, instead of a plane. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't understand how it was a buffet, though. It doesn't look like a buffet. Um, you mean the plane? Yeah, like it yeah. looks more like just like you just get your meal served here. But anyway, um, it's not a very romantic place, is it? Uh, absolutely <laughs> not. Fucking um, kids everywhere. <laughs> no shortage of cutlery, though. That is true. And that moment there was good because it was just long enough where it was funny. It was still funny, but didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the night just goes to shit. Marge and Homer look out the window and see that there's oh, people actually, that get a truffle. Can we just backtrack for two seconds? Yeah. Did you ever get whipped with a Scale Electrics or a Hot Wheels track? I didn't know. Oh man, those things were like cat and nine tails. So what Bart and Lisa are doing there, brutal. Like something about that plastic in particular would just destroy skin. Because it's got little grooves in it, but it also has that little flick right at the end, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's the elasticity of it that it just really snaps hard. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Thankfully, I wasn't really into toy cars when I was a kid, neither with my mates. So no, didn't well, have to go through that. We just hit each other with lucky. cricket bats. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it goes to shit that night And I've watched this moment here And I'm thinking, well that's Nicola and myself And that's Ash and Mitch inside the restaurant <laughs> Yeah I actually uh, thought that the couple in the restaurant Looked very similar Or the guy looked very similar to the wedding cake topper I'm not sure if that oh, was okay. deliberate Or if that was I, just my eyes deceiving me I didn't notice, nah But speaking of the cake so they, I think it's a really nice touch that Marge has kept the cake from their wedding uh, yeah, I, I guess that's a thing that people do. Yeah. Well, I, it's, it's funny. The only thing we've got from our wedding food-wise is that when my uncle Jot passed away a couple of years ago, we are going to his house and we realised that, you know, you get the little, um, are they called favours? Where you just make for everybody that has their yeah, name like and whatnot? Wedding favours, yeah, well, yep. He, he kept his um he kept his wedding favour from our wedding. It was still wrapped up and sealed and we thought, oh, isn't that awesome? So that's sort of like our little memory we have. We have it on the shelf in our land room now. It was just, I, I never really saw... Thought, thought that people would keep things like that, but it's actually really, really nice to to have that, you know? Hmm. Yeah, that's um, that is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, like I don't even. Oh, we did candles, so presumably everyone has burnt their candle, and that's the end of it. But it's just, it's just nice to have just because we don't have anything else from our wedding day except for the photos. So it's just nice to have something physical as well, you know? Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's just a, it's a fucking hilarious moment where Marge is trying to be romantic and Homer's. Like, don't you think? Wouldn't it be cool to have crazy little parties at night? <laughs> <laughs> and um, it reminded me of, I feel like this would have been a similar time, actually, The Indian in the Cupboard. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see that movie? Or oh, of course. I think every kid's seen that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's also sad in the sense this scene as well, because like Marge says, you know, 
so full of hopes and dreams. It's almost like she's saying that like their, their life's just hit that point where there's just there's no future anymore. Like this is it. We've hit our we've hit our. It's like, it's peak, not almost you know? like that. It's exactly that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just it's and it's it's really really sad because I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, even when it's not really true. It just get must get to that point sometimes where you're just like, we never we're never gonna get to where we wanted to. You know. Oh look, homie. A wedding cake. You mean there's been cake in our freezer for 11 years? Why was I not informed? Look at this little plastic couple. Mm, so full of hopes, potential, dreams for the future. <laughs> hey, Marge, wouldn't it be weird if they had little parties at night? Wee little party. I'm going to bed. Gotcha! But then we get the the very very awkward sex scene, which is beautifully acted out by uh, by Dan and Julie. Don't you reckon? Yeah, it's it it is really really good. The awkwardness before, like the so oh like yeah, seems like the thing to do. Yeah, and the <laughs> so are you gonna? Oh oh, did you want me to? Like no no, I have my part in this as well. Like all that sort of stuff is uh, is very very uh, endearing. I think it's very cool to watch. To me, it feels like it was improv'd. Um, because it just feels so real. <laughs> it does feel real, but I yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much room there is for improv in a Simpsons script. To be honest, like with for an extended take of dialogue, it it just feels to me like it's just material that they probably did a few more than one line reading of it definitely feels like they're in the same room for it as well like they wouldn't have been recorded separately but, uh, so, and it, so, if so, they so, were recorded separately it's incredible job from both of them oh 100 I, I just think that this was if there ever was a scene where they could have improv this this one because that's why they threw the characters under the blanket so that dan and julie can just make up whatever they wanted yeah but i just mean more for time like your script has got a certain amount of words in it and like it's so tightly paced yeah it's yeah Another super year with a super lady. Good night, honey. Good night, homie. You know, uh, it is a special occasion. Yeah, we probably should, you know, rock the casbah. Yeah, seems like the thing to do. So, you're gonna... Oh, oh, did you want me to? Oh, no, no, I'm the guy. I'm supposed to... Uh... No, 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 I have my part in this, too. Um... I know, but let me get you started first. <laughs> All right, well, how's no... that? <laughs> Homie, you got your, your elbow and... Oh, sorry. Ow, 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 ow. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh. Do you want me to... No, don't do that. Well, we used to do... I know, but I don't like it. Ah. <sighs> You could hear! Oh, who's a good boy? He's the best boy! Oh, yes, he is! Yes, he is! <laughs> hey, Marge, wasn't that great when the dog came in here? Oh, yeah! He's really special! I love that dog. I love him, too. Good night. Good night. The following morning, Homer comes down the stairs and he slips on the water, which has come from the fridge. I always forget that he does this, but he left the freezer door open. I always forget it. Like, it's just maybe because in the moment I just, I'm laughing. I don't know. But uh, I never yeah, watch okay. it and go, oh, Homer, you left the freezer door open. But yeah, uh, yeah so he slips on it and they it's realize a hard it. 
It's a hard fall. It is a hard fall. And it's great that the family tried to hide it from him. Like, it's going to be a big thing. Uh, but they're going to need a new motor. Um, so they drive out to get it. And we get the divorce ad that you mentioned earlier. Folks, is your marriage stuck in a rut? Can you even remember the last time you felt the thrill of romance? <laughs> well, maybe you need a divorce. Call the divorce specialists now for a consultation and free tote bag. Have you ever been bogged? Um, I think we all have, right? Like, I think everyone's been bogged to it at some point. Never, and we all, we all try to get out by putting the foot down in the pedal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the only well, way to get if, out. If you can tell me another way to do it, Dando. <laughs> I just love that it's clearly not going well. B just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> How many times does he rev it? Is it like four? Oh, it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, if it's funnier, the longer it goes, the funnier it is. Uh, we cut to uh, Bart and Lisa with Grandpa. And we get the moment we mentioned earlier, everybody's paid up. But they find his, uh, his mind detector. Um, now, with this moment here, right? So Bart's wearing the headphones so that he can hear the beep. So how can we hear the beep? Um, because that's How does Grandpa just... hear the beep? <laughs> does Grandpa hear the beep? Yeah, that one's news oh, to me. That's that's news to me. Um, Doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe metal. Yeah, no, I don't know. Well, what's the point of wearing headphones if you can just hear it anyway? But it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, <laughs> now we cut back to Marge and Homer here. I don't know whether you found this funny, but Homer just going, you know, when you think about it, mud is just wet dirt. <laughs> I think actually, it, I mean, it is a line that again, speaks a little bit to where they're at in relationship. Yes. That they've yeah. been around for that long and together for that long that this is all they've got to talk about. It's like the next step up from or down from talking about the weather. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a lovely day outside. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Another two minutes of nothing. Oh, so what do you want to have for tea tonight? <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Jeez, it's nice outside though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe we should have a barbecue. Yeah, maybe. It starts raining and the lightning hits the tree. So they race into the barn. This is the other thing, right? How does the farmer notice that they're in the barn? Answer that for me. Uh, because the pig comes out. And they cut, he looks over in the barn. The door's open. Yeah. So why does he need to kick in the door to get in? Uh, it goes to the other end of the door. Like, goes to the other side. That was silly. There's only one entry. Maybe. <laughs> but it's, he just wants a dramatic entrance. Yeah, of course. He closed it so he can kick it open again. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Teresa, Steve, now who let you out? Uh, looks like we got us some intruders. Who's in there? <gasps> if somebody's in here, you're in for some serious ass forking. Marge here realizes that uh, she gets she's very attracted to Homer after the, the thrill of being caught, and that the spark has returned, and they rock the Casbah right in front of the cow. Marge there set the template for a lot of um, Simpsons inspired porn that would later hit the internet. I think hair down to the side, he- yeah, yeah, hair down at the side, heaving bosom, yeah, very Apparently suggestive this, this legs the as well. Actually, first episode that we see uh, Marge cleavage as well. Yeah, apparently up until this point, it's always just been like a uniboob. They never actually drew the cleavage. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So we come back and Marge... <laughs> uniboob. Ho- yeah, that's what they referred to it as, yeah. Um, we come back and Homer and Marge are all romantic now. Uh, 
doing the Eskimo kisses and all that kind of stuff. And we get, I guess it's sort of like a piss take of Married with Children with the Bart leaving the TV on. Is it specifically Married with Children or just any sort of sitcom? But that's the only show I can remember that really had that kind of humour with the, with the audience interaction. With the, uh, with, I, the, with the smut humour kind of I thing. I reckon there'd be a lot. Yeah, you reckon? I can't recall any. Yeah, but that's... Yeah, I don't know. But, well, just, but Married with Children is the more notable one. I it's, reckon that... Uh, what's the nerd one? The one Big that Bang I don't Theory. like. Yeah, Big, I reckon that would have similar sort of audience reactions. I don't know. I think people only... Oh, maybe. Anytime yeah. Raj spoke... It was about sex, and it would get that sort of <laughs> reaction from the canned laughter. I, I feel like people went to Married with Children knowing they were going to be interacting with the show. Like they went there knowing they were going to be part of the show, Possibly. not just not just there to tell people when to laugh. But anyway, so Bart and Lisa are now searching I, for okay. knowing what I know about sitcoms. I can almost guarantee that they were being told when to be part of the show. Bart and Lisa are now searching for pirate booty, and uh, yeah, that that vision that Bart has is just fantastic. We'll dig up the treasure in seven yard. I've drawn a map on this cracker, which Polly will hold for safekeeping. So you see, there's treasure everywhere. Okay, here's the deal. Crowns and doubloons are mine. Snuff boxes and cameos are yours. Now, as for wands and scepters... It's a bottle cap. Jewel encrusted? What's going great about it is that they, they Bart thinks they've found something. It's just like a bottle cap. But Bart's still so hopeful and enthusiastic. Jewel encrusted? Like, like it's just the... Yeah. It's just that 10-year-old kid of, I'm looking for treasure here. Well, I'm going to find some treasure. I'm actually going to find some treasure. What I love about that is it's a classic example of a joke that is there for all to see, but you've never thought about it before. And it's that thing of like, yeah, why would pirates bury treasure? But it's just like... <laughs> But up until that point in your life, it's just a given that there's buried treasure to be found. Yeah, it's pirate's treasure. They, they, that's yeah. what they do. They find treasure and then they put it somewhere else and for someone to find it. it. Yeah. <laughs> like a dog with a bone. <laughs> yeah, but the dog puts it there for him. Well, yeah, I suppose pirates are probably putting it there for them and then they just never, ever get back to it. Homer then tells Lenny and Carl about their, their upcoming weekend and a bit, bit seedy from Lenny and Carl, but, you know, anyway. it's. I mean, it is, but it's also a kind of thing of... That's what men talk it's about. It's men, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like not the best examples of it, but I like the the instant change to being polite and Marge just seeing through it. Yeah. Hope this evening sees you well. Yeah. Oh, knock it off, you perverts. They arrive at their room and again, they just they don't know what to do. <laughs> Homer here. That butter churner just move because if it did, <laughs> trying to find looking- anything else but have to do the deed. Yeah, just looking for any excuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not so much that he doesn't want to. It's just that... Well, I think it's because there comes a point where it's no longer about feeling like this raw rage and animalistic pull towards doing the act. And dirty talk almost feels weird. Yeah, and like even just that thing of like, how do I find a way to escalate this situation with this person that I've just shared a bed with for the last, well, not just shared a bed with, but this person that I've been sharing a bed with for ages and oftentimes in a non-sexy way. Yeah. How do I point out that tonight's going to be the sexy one? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. particularly when they've like made a thing of, okay, we're going to a hotel room. But like you've, that day they probably 
just got the kids ready. Um, they've probably had to change Maggie's nappy a few times. Uh, like so many things that aren't sexy have happened in their life. And then suddenly they've got a, because we've arrived in this room now, we're supposed to be fully into each other. And you know, you, and you'll you'll eventually learn this if you and Ash ever do have kids, if you choose to. But like when you go out, like just say for example, when Nick and I go out on a date to get away from Elliot, and it sounds horrible, just you know, to, just to get away to escape for a, for a night. All we do is talk about Elliot. <laughs> like it's just oh, really, oh, it's you weird. You guys man. are the worst. Oh, it's just yeah, like but like, but we sit there and look at photos of him and stuff, and it's like we're supposed to be getting away from this, so it just, but it just happens anyway. Um, so then the, the mate, do you ask it, do you talk about the weather after that? <laughs> we talked about what we had for dinner. Uh, the maid enters home with the teacups. I saw everything. Yeah, I saw everything. <laughs> <laughs> and they really, this is, this is the moment here where they realize that it's, they need that thrill of being caught in order to, you know, get the spark going and they go and have, uh, what are they, are they hiding behind a curtain? What are they, surely there's no room to have sex behind a curtain. Uh, depends on the size of the curtain. Yeah. Depends on, like, it could be one of those box windows. Oh, it's a donkey. Shh, they'll hear us. They didn't hear us in the sewing room. <laughs> now, Bart and Lisa, they found absolutely nothing. It's all just uh, gibberish. Oh, by the way, uh, this is where Marge and Hammer walk in with the Eskimo kiss, not uh, not earlier. Yeah. Um, And Bart ends up finding a copy of Casablanca's alternate ending. Across the road from the from the cinema, I believe. Uh, I think it was across the road from the cinema, yeah. Um, yeah. I also love that... Uh, what's the other one? Oh, no, it comes up later. So, the alternate ending to It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, the killing, killing spree. Killing spree ending. Um, which apparently they take off later on in the Mel Gibson episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. They do actually... Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, so they find the alternate ending and we cut back to Marge and Homer and they've returned to their the old love shack, the mini golf centre... Um, it's not a. Uh, it can still be the same hole. Obviously, they've just upgraded it from a castle to a windmill. Yeah, I mean, it's been several years, so yeah. mini golf's got to stay on, stay ahead of the curve. Otherwise, people won't keep coming back. Also, they um, I don't think a castle would have worked with people reaching in. Uh, no, you still could have reached in through the door, like a drawbridge and a door. Yeah, I guess. In that moment, though, did you did you ever think why wouldn't they not just look in the goal in the hole for the ball? I- like, given the fact that that hole seemed to keep getting bigger and bigger the more townspeople came by. Yeah, yeah. It, it did cross my mind. Maybe, though, there's no natural light in there. So, maybe as much as we can see them, uh, let's go with the fact that it would have been too dark for them to see them. Yeah. It was a nice touch that they still had the... Um, I actually know it couldn't have been upgraded because they had the original Homer and Marge engraving on the wall. Uh, yeah, that's true. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, it's got one of my favorite line readings from Dan ever. When the ball goes through the hole, Woo-hoo. yeah, just so great. <laughs> how good is it when um Flanders is teaching Maud how to hit? Yeah, like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the sec- the secret to this hole. Yeah, it seems like Mar- uh, not Marge, uh, Maud is like sick of being part of the Flanders family. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> or she's just over Ned. But then we cut to Button, Lisa, and Grandpa watching the Casablanca uh, alternate ending, and the old Jewish guy comes in and says that he's the one that that did it. This ending seemed a bit sort of like I don't know, out of nowhere to me, don't you think? A bit of a disappointment to the to the story. Well, yeah, of course, Tendo. That's that's the joke. 
No, I mean the old Jewish guy being the fact that he's... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I not, thought you meant no, 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 not the, not the alternate ending. No, 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 of course. I know what they're going for there. But I mean, just the old Jewish guy just randomly being the guy who worked on the film. And I don't know, it just seemed like they, they couldn't think of anything. They were just like, oh, well, we'll just have this guy come in and say that, that he they won't. didn't really know where that plot was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. it wasn't bad. It was just kind of like, oh, really? That's all you're going to do? Just have the old Jewish guy be the guy? Yeah, that's true. That, like, the last, you know, the last however many minutes of Bart and Lisa's screen time culminates in this. Yeah. Uh, but... That said, it's a very funny alternate ending that they come up with. Oh, it's hilarious. I'm a really big fan <laughs> of the... the um, come on, I'll buy you a falafel. It's packing heat. Homer and Marge... Sorry, we're back at the uh, mini-golf centre. And this is where we get the uh, the Flanders playing. Not hitting the blades and whatnot. And Marge and Homer need a place to escape. I love how Mo immediately just goes, let's, let's monoxide him. <laughs> uh, that comes a bit later, but yes. It's, it's just before the commercial, is it not? Uh, because the commercials Homer saying why is everyone trying to kill me yeah well there's a couple of minutes between like not hit the blades and then the monoxide oh just everyone reaching in and whatnot. yeah draw yeah, a ball yeah. hey it's one of those moments yeah. that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago though that annoys you where everyone in Springfield's conveniently in the same place at the same time yeah everyone's decided to go play mini golf on this one day yeah well not everyone but a lot of people a lot of characters yeah. in the show what it does show though is that why wouldn't they be like they've created this universe why wouldn't a lot of the characters be out playing mini golf on a Saturday afternoon. It feels like it's a disproportionately high number. How often have you just randomly bumped into someone you know on a mini golf course? I know. And I then know, I know. imagine you went to go play mini golf this weekend and not only did you bump into one person you knew, you bumped into eight. What's funny is that Geelong's a very small place, right? But mm. when someone's no longer a part of your life, you very rarely see them again. Yeah. Like, I was thinking that as. Well, in an opposite way that like Geelong's a very small place and you're like, fuck, I can't escape these people. But then every day I uh, like I'll wander around town and go, there's so many faces of people I've never met. Yeah. And I'll probably never see again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we, so yeah, like we said, they try to monoxide Homer, get him out. Um, we come back and Homer and Marge have to uh, find a way to get out. So they just lift. Uh, did they escape before the commercial? No, it's after the commercial, isn't it? Where it just lifts, it just basically lifts up the windmill, and they just make a break for it. Yes, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's after commercial. Yeah, I um, I'm pretty sure it's this moment here. I remember someone sent it to the page once, where if you screenshot it, you actually see Marge with no top on, like they just they forgot to cover her up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh yeah, I have seen that screenshot. No nipple drawn. Yeah, no nipples drawn on. It's just yeah, like a Barbie doll. And yeah. I don't think forgot to cover her up because. Oh, they just, they just didn't cover the, her up. They just didn't, yeah, because breasts are only there when you draw them, when it's a cartoon. <laughs> but I feel like they would have drawn the characters and then put the smoke in afterwards as like an overlay. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah. Animation cells. Uh, so then they sh- they get the police dog and we get the classic, oh, it was only a few days away from retirement. <laughs> but the squeal is just great. Like, it's just sniffs out his underwear, gone. Uh, I feel like it'd be really hard to act as a dog. Uh, they, they they always get yes, the same guy be. to be a dog, don't they? Like, is it Frank somebody? Yeah, oh, I assume it's a specialist gig. But yes, this this moment here, it's just great visual comedy. Just all different ways to cover up Marge and Homer. I don't trust these guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember really, really liking that joke when this episode first came out. Um, it, the only thing about it is it's a joke that diminishes on its returns, but um, it's a very funny joke the first time you hear it. Oh, 100%. Then they see Gil. And again, it just feels like Gil's been a part of the show forever, but this is like the third or second, third or fourth time we've seen him, maybe? Yeah, it's it's recent. 
and literally this season. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just this season. Even the fact that they like they speak to him with such familiarity, like they know him really well. Yeah, which probably helps. Like it it's adds to that feeling. Yeah, I think he refers to them as a young couple as well. Yeah, that's true. Young kids. <laughs> yeah, young you, kids. Yeah. I, you want a car with the radio. Uh, and they take his balloon. And what do they smash? He's like a stove top, isn't it? Like a stove. Portable like stove. A hot, plate. hot yeah. plate, hot plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know why. I always appreciated this. Grab the handles, Marge. Got him. <laughs> uh, then they see some clothes hanging. So still the balloon. They see some clothes hanging on the clothesline. And this is where shit gets really awkward for Homer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Homer's really like the next little bit of Homer again great acting like doesn't yell at Marge at any point which no I like. he stays calm and he's just trying to calmly sort through the situation even as my shoulders are separating I've got it this is what would happen if this was you and Ash no that was not the thing yeah <laughs> and when he hits the church right which I remember being in the trailer it's just it's so great but I never realized if you listen carefully you can hear Dan say, oh, my ass. ass. Yeah. (laughs) I never realized that. Now let us thank the Lord for this magnificent crystal cathedral, which allows us to look out upon his wondrous creation. Now quickly, gaze down at God's fabulous parquet floor. Eyes on the floor, still on the floor, always on God's floor. Marge decides to land it in a football game and Homer's a bit concerned here. He's like, can we please honey, not land here, honey? Could, Marge, can, can, uh, can we not land here? Baby doll. Um, <laughs> also, dear God, look at that blimp. He's hanging from a balloon. How great is that? That's amazing. Oh, this is so, so funny. And then the ball hitting Homer's ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the, oh, actually, I had to call out one thing. Slightly lazy animation on the ball. It doesn't spin when it's kicked. Doesn't it? No. Uh, okay. It's Maybe just, it was a floater. No, it doesn't happen in NFL. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It was, um, I don't know, small thing, but it took me out of the reality of the situation. And I okay. know how ridiculous it is to say yeah, that. The reality of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> but the last act of this episode, visual comedy through the roof. So great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then they, they land, uh, they cover themselves up. And everyone's, uh, it's photo day or camera day or whatever. Was this a thing? Camera day? Um, oh, well, they have different days at baseball or American sports, sorry. So, yeah, yeah. But mostly baseball, though, I'm pretty day, sure. But, like, it's uh, the, they have that joke in basketball where he starts getting egged and they're like, oh, what a terrible thing to happen on dozen egg night. Yeah. Um, pretzel like, day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretzel day. Like, so, yeah, it's just that thing of make it, um, what, give, it, whatever, give it a theme because no one else will come if they don't. Whatever item you need to have for the joke to work, just make it that day. Yeah. Uh, they decide that, who cares, let's just let all the kit and caboodle out and they get into the front page of the paper and the kids are so, almost like proud of their parents for doing it. <laughs> mm. um, they have a chat to the kids about it and then they, uh, they go back to the mini golf. Is that, what, is that what Homer suggests? Let's go back to mini golf. Uh, who's in the mood for miniature golf? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, They're gonna so that- feel so stupid when they leave us when they realize they forgot us. Now that I know, Lisa rolls her eyes, but that's the one moment where Bart has been on top of their sexual escapades the whole way through. Yeah, and then suddenly he can't put two and two together. That's why I thought it was yeah, it was, it was strange, but I, I don't know. It, I, it, it worked. It was enough, and it sort of led to Rock the Casbah, which was the perfect song to end this episode on. By the way, yeah, 
But it was also nice that they ended the episode with Marge and Homer still the same. Like, their, their marriage is going to be fine from now on. I just think overall, this episode just exceeded all expectations. I don't remember it being this great. It's it's seriously been one of my favourites um, of the season now. Yeah, gotcha. Well, for me, it was... I, I knew what to expect going in, but it's probably because I reckon this would be the season nine episode that I had seen more than any other. So what about I, City of New York versus Homer Simpson? I barely watched that. Really? I, okay. I've seen that maybe three times in my life. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, but this one, I mean, I had it on, I, I recorded it because it felt like such a big deal and it was one that I'd watched quite a lot. Well, it was promoted as such, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, d- definitely. Uh, my my probably most prominent season nine ones are this and Principal and the Pauper is the two that I'd seen more than any other. Okay. Yep, yep, fair enough. The, the two, Um, I guess Principal and the Pauper was promoted as a big deal for other reasons. Like, they were, they were heavily marketed, those two. Like, I, pres- Well, different story behind that one. I didn't see that because of promotion. It just worked Stuck out in your mind. that it's the one that, yeah, like, I just seem to catch it on Foxtel a lot over yeah. the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, like we said, a fantastic way to end the season, a really, really solid episode. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned... That uh, if you ever are caught nude on the run in town, don't panic because you'd be amazed at how many conveniently placed items there will be to hide your junk. <laughs> Only if people are standing right in front of you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I learned to never try and retrieve a truant ball at mini golf ever again. <laughs> um, oh, geez, wouldn't it be terrible if this is what happens every time you get to the 18th and like the ball doesn't come back from the <laughs> hole? <laughs> I know, right? If, if I, like, someone should do like a Simpsons themed hole and where it gets stuck like every one of three balls gets stuck and then you see Homer go Woo-hoo-hoo. yeah that'd be pretty great <laughs> JaVale JaVale is here mailbag time hit me Mitch what have we got not a huge amount of new stuff this week to be perfectly honest but Bethany Knight has written in with a tale of getting picked last oh okay this is going to be uh, a sad story hi there guys I've been listening to you for a couple months now thanks Beth and welcome aboard I was introduced to you by my boyfriend and now I listen all the time. Presumably she means introduced to us as a podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I really well, thank you for show. jumping on board. Yeah, and uh, thank you to your boyfriend for inviting you on board and in the context of this episode, I feel like we've chosen our words for that sentence poorly. I really enjoy the show and it's nice to reminisce about classic episodes and be able to pin pick why my favourite episodes are my favourite episodes. I recently listened to your review of King of the Hill and you spoke about that horrible feeling of getting picked last in sports. When I was in year 10, my high school offered basketball as a subject and as I'd been playing basketball for years, I was in no means the best player at all. I just, you know, usually played for fun and team bonding. I thought it would be a cool thing to be able to do at school, so me and all my friends signed up. We quickly realised, however, that this was a class for devoted basketball players and not something we could skate by on, so all my friends bar one dropped the subject after one class. I decided that I would stick it out, so it was just me and my other friend in a class of 30 boys who all took basketball very seriously. One class my uh, friend wasn't there, so I was the only girl and we had to pick teams to play against each other. Not only was I the last person chosen, but the two team captains had a full-on debate on who should get me because according to them, whoever had me would lose. Oh, this is brutal. I was close to tears at this point when one captain finally relented and said with a sigh, I guess we'll take her. I was so full of rage that I'd never felt before. I played better than I'd ever scored, uh, played better than I'd ever played, scored three goals, and our team won. For the icing on the cake, a couple of months later, we did a basketball competition with all other schools in the local area. The girls had to borrow players from teams 
and we ended up winning the whole competition and the boys lost every game. Uh, the Fuck you, boys. The process can definitely stick with you. Well, thank you very much for writing in with that, Beth. And my takeaway there is um, bully your classmates and you'll push them to greater heights. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like the, uh, the coach of the Hawks in the Mighty Ducks. Uh, yeah. Just, um, just be a hor- horrible person and bring out the best in people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless, you, um, unless you're Gordon Bombay. You never was. <laughs> you're not even a has-been. <laughs> I know Nicholas never seen the Money Ducks movies. Oh, really? But like, I feel like I haven't watched them for a very, very long time. Do I dare go back and watch them? No, they're not her. good movies. They're really not good movies. They're not? Oh, no. that's, that's disappointing. No, they're patently awful movies that... Um, but are, they, own, but are they are they are they good only, if you go in with that kind of mindset knowing they're bad? Uh no, they're only good if you saw them as a kid. But so was, does that mean that I will enjoy them now? It, you'll enjoy it. Nicola won't. It's impossible. Okay, yeah, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah, because you'll see through the logic of like how they go from being in the district space five of about to four USA. games. <laughs> yeah, in the space of about four or five games, they go from being the district five hockey team that can't skate. <laughs> to representing their nation. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and Gordon Bombay gives up his career as a lawyer to volunteer to coach district hockey. Yeah. And not only that, these district hockey games, he treats as life or death if he doesn't beat his old coach who coached him when he was a kid. <laughs> like... No, no, but the thing is, he doesn't give up. He doesn't give up his career as a lawyer. He's on probation. He does. He walks out on Ducksworth. No, he's on probation. But then at the end, they're like, "You're gonna." Um, oh, they your have sponsor. The, the, yeah. the Adam Banks. No, it's not even the sponsor. It's the Adam Banks debacle. And then he's like, "No, sorry. Um, these are the rules." And the judge is like, "Gordon, it would be you know a very big mistake for you to make." And that's when he. Um, I think that's when he starts quacking at him. I quack, 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 Mister Ducksworth. <laughs> yeah. But but I guess at least at the end of the movie he's going back to being a pro again. So like at least he had a backup plan. Well, a semi-pro. Yeah, but yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do see your point that at that point it was just <laughs> quitting being a lawyer to just coach this team yeah. of kids. And it'd be like if I quit my job right now because I wanted to go coach the under 11s at East Belmont. <laughs> at East Belmont, <laughs> and and not just coach them, but you know devote my life to it. <laughs> And really be shattered if they didn't win on a Friday night. At least the Team USA thing doesn't happen to the second movie. Yeah, I know. But you've watched that second movie and you're like, hang on a second. <laughs> they were just... Like, they were just... Terrible. <laughs> Six months ago, they were awful. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I do have fond memories of those movies. I feel like I'm going to go back and watch it myself first. But yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, though, Nicola's never seen it, so she'd probably just look at it not with that nostalgic point of view and just go, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> anyway, all right, uh, next question. Or is that the only... That wasn't really a question. So, do we have any questions no, this week? No, we don't really have any questions. Um, Mailbag of fourfingerdiscount.com.au. You've got to send through some stuff, guys. Yeah, please, guys. I we mean, love the patrons, reading patrons are doing the heavy lifting, so at least we're still answering questions each yeah, episode. Yeah. Maybe everyone used to send in questions to the mailbag and our patrons. <laughs> okay, Dando, before we go, before we wrap up the mailbag... Yes. Um, We've got kind of a special shout out here mm-hmm. uh, that comes from one of our patrons, a $20 patron. 
Laura just wanted to give a shout out basically to a friend of hers named Anthe. Um, it's just basically one of those things like Anthe's the classic example of one of those friends that you, you bond with over the TV show. So, um, I feel like in a lot of ways, those friendships can be some of the best ones. Like, 100%. You know, where, yep. Where no matter what the situation is, you know you're going to get a laugh or a smile out of seeing that person, which can yep. be really, really cool. Do I have something um, to talk talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know that... I've, I Personally, I don't think I've actually had that. Oh, I, uh, uh, Greeny, one of my mates, like Simpsons was Simpsons and Seinfeld were the two things where we just knew at any given moment you could throw something out like that. So, you're always excited to see that sort of person. Um and this is literally as simple as it is. And I kind of like this because this is getting back to old school four-finger discount mailbag and shout-outs and just people being nice people. Laura literally just wanted to say, you know, kind of thanks, I guess, for the existence of the show and the fact that it's helped with that friendship. But more importantly, thanks for that friendship. So, Anthe, uh, sounds like you're doing some fine work. And Laura, you too. Well done, guys. Yes. And thank you, Laura, once again, for being a $20 patron. Your support mm. is much appreciated. Now, Mitch, we uh, we did a review of the uh, Movie Guys podcast last week of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We did. 90 minutes plus, really good chat with our good mate, uh, Guy Davis, local mm-hmm. uh, movie reviewer extraordinaire. And uh, yeah, and upcoming the upcoming episode is going to be It Chapter 2. So we did a review last year, or the year before even, fuck, it's been t- two years, of the original uh, It reboot mm. from 2017. So really we might- solid horror movie on rails was basically as we described that one. It was done really well without really doing anything surprising yes uh so hopefully with this new one um because the cast is pretty amazing oh the hopefully. cast is incredible You're yeah like james mcavoy bill yep. hader uh they're the two that jump at me is emma stone in it i think i think she might i don't know it's i feel like she is but i don't know actually i don't know it's the it's the oh, no, no, it's, no, no, it's already from Jess- um it's jessica chastain yeah from um uh what's that the one you, you've got it on blu-ray arrival she's from arrival right no, or that's Amy Adams. Oh, she's from Interstellar. She was Interstellar. She was Interstellar. 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 Yeah, Interstellar. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she. I think she plays the older redhead girl, right? Yeah, she does. Um, yes. She plays the girl all grown up. We've got, as I said, James McAvoy, as I am, uh, sorry, as I am a staff. Uh, the kids from the first one are all coming back. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you want access to the Movie Guys podcast, it's going to be a $5 plus patron. Patreon.com slash Four Finger Discount. As I said, our Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If you haven't seen it, make sure you check it out. Uh, 90 plus minute review. That movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it, Mitch, let's just tell people now, they have to go out and watch it. It is fucking great. You really do. But uh, as we talk about in the podcast, just sort of don't expect it to be your typical Tarantino, but it will sit with you for a really long time afterwards. The characters are just really, really cool. You. This is the thing. You'll feel like when you're watching the movie that it's not. But by the time you leave, you'll feel like it was a Tarantino movie. Yeah, definitely. And then three days later, you'll be like, why am I still thinking about this movie? And why have I not stopped since the credits rolled? Yeah, yeah. It's really, really good. A bit of advice. If you don't know anything about the Manson murders, look it up before you go watch this movie. Yeah. Like, just look, a, a brief overview will help understand the setting. Also, on Patreon, you'll also get our Tales of Futurama podcast, as well as access to the... Uh, Four Finger Discount Facebook group, as well as a plenty of other extra podcasts that we do there. Patreon.com slash Four Finger Discount. Alrighty, Mitch, any final words for the listeners before we get into season 10 next week? No, I've, um, I mean, I'll give you an insight into my own, hardly sexual activity, but my own organs. I've needed a pee for the last eight minutes and you've just <laughs> kept plugging things. <laughs> I'm sitting here, God, shut the fuck up. I need to leave. Alrighty, see you guys. Bye. Shh.